if I'm an agency and you got 10 more clients, I just don't know how you're going to service them. Outside of investing in some scalable processes and infrastructure, you don't have a choice. I think there's an opportunity, massive opportunity, but the only way to tap into it is build the infrastructure that scales and, you know, and that means certain amount of tech investment. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe. And today, I'm excited for this episode. Um, We got a lot of high-level discussions that we can really take it down into the details, too. And joining me today is Srinath Reddy. Srinath, awesome to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah, every time. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So first off, Srinath is like one of the few people that when I said Duluth, Minnesota, he actually knew where that was. (laughs) So got really excited about that. Yep. So he's been there twice, which is which is amazing. Yep. (laughs) So Srinath, for for people who don't know you, kind of give us a quick intro and how you got into the Amazon space. Yeah, totally. So I am one of two founders here at Intentwise quick intro on IntentWise, we, we, we are a technology platform with really two solutions. One is we have a ad optimization platform, and the second is we have a data infrastructure solution, which is all about collecting all your critical Amazon data and having it <coughs> readily accessible for you. Just in terms of history, I perhaps may have an atypical background compared to a lot of players in the space. I used to run uh, data teams as well as as performance marketing teams at an online travel company called Orbitz, uh, which you you may be familiar with, which Mm -hmm. then got acquired by Expedia. It was certainly an experience where the site would get 20, 25 million visitors uh, per month. Having been in charge of data infrastructure there, had to think about data and optimization at fairly sizable scale. That's you know, just my background, you know, and even my founder has similar background. So that's kind of our DNA, you know, got into the Amazon realm, actually, honestly, by accident about three and a half years ago. (laughs) And I remember saying this to the first person who said they're moving all their money to Amazon ads. And I said, oh, Amazon does ads. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And then, uh, so that was a while back and fast forward now, you know, we are a tech platform serving a number of different advertisers worldwide and certainly loving it, you know, so. That is awesome. Yep. And I love that question too, because I get that so many times, like when people ask, well, what do you do? I was like, oh, we work with different brands with their Amazon advertising. And I, that, that's a common question. It's like, oh, Amazon has ads. And then you had to open (laughs) up the app, show them the little sponsored button. And then it's like, you've been clicking on a lot of ads and you didn't even know it. (laughs) I don't know if that education is a good thing for us, but but hey, (laughs) we'll we'll go with it. So, so one thing, one reason why I wanted to have Srinath on the podcast. Um, as we look at the Amazon advertising space, there is so much data and information available. And we'll just we'll just take Amazon, and this isn't even including all the other channels that you can incorporate into e-commerce. So yep. we have our sponsored ads with continually more controls, more reporting. We have yep. DSP that gets added to it. We have Amazon Marketing Cloud now that helps to sync up everything together. And then we have MWS or the Selling Partner API. And again, this is all just Amazon specific. Yeah. And so one thing that I love Srinath's opinion on and why we wanted to have him on the show is to just talk through, like, how do you look at overall, like, data architecture as an advertiser? What are the key yeah. things that you should be looking at? And really, how do you start in knowing 
what to be pulling in. These are questions yeah. we're always asking ourselves. I know these are questions that you're always going through too. So yeah. maybe just starting off, like paint the picture for us when you're looking at the overall data that we have at our fingertips and how do you decide what's useful and what you actually bring in and look at as an advertiser? Totally. Now, great question, Joe. Obviously a, a, a big question. And I know you are kind of a data-centric org yourself. So, so the way the way I think about it, first of all, coming from the old traditional, and it's funny, I call it I call it Google PPC traditional. Can you believe sure. that? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, but coming from that universe, I think first of all, for those of you that have been in that space, you you would know that you know staying competitive in PPC very much had become a data game. You know, who collects more data, who harnesses more data. So that's just the background, you know, I've come from and I brought that thinking to this space too. One thing I want to call out before I start talking about data is, is this fundamental difference between, let's say, Google PPC and or the Amazon PPC world. The difference is this, right? A consumer is influenced by so many different factors when they make a choice or, or, or buy a product. It could be badging, it could be reviews, it could be price, this, that, and the other. Call them, let's call them retail factors. More often than not, as a brand or an advertiser, you actually don't have access to or control of them directly. Amazon does, or the underlying platform does. So point being, there's just a lot of signals that influence your purchase decisions of a consumer, which then influence advertising. So we've always believed that over time, you have to synthesize all these data sets together and leverage them in ad optimization. Now, that may have been theory, let's say two years ago, because we were just getting started with ads, but now you can actually see that it's more and more of a reality. For example, you know, inventory levels will impact your decisions you want to make on products, right? Yeah. So a product that says coming soon, it'll keep serving ads and doesn't convert and ACoS is not great. Like, and I can come up with so many examples where retail factors outside of advertising influence advertising performance. So the question sure. becomes, how do brands and agencies deal with this type of a scenario? I think it just goes back to, one, collect as much data as you can. And by the way, as I say that, I'll also say that vast majority of advertisers today don't own their advertising data. <laughs> they probably are leveraging a platform and that platform goes away, so does their data. Sure. So number one advice I have, just go own your data. However you do it, <laughs> start with dropping them on a shared drive if you want, <laughs> but own your data. But I think what I want to say is own your data and there's diff you called out that there's different types of data, you know, collecting it, connecting it, synthesizing it, and then acting on it on a regular basis is where you want to get to. You're not going to get there on day one, but it is a journey, but it is a commitment you have to make, which is to own and harness your data aggressively. Uh, and then the last point I want to make is data is of all kinds and you can start simple and get more complex with it. In our minds, we bucket them into two sets. One is what we call re uh, retail operations data, which is the stuff you typically get from the APIs, right? So advertising data, inventory, sales, that type of stuff, so call it retail operations data. The other side is we call them shopper-centric or shopper-centric signals, which is where are you ranking organically? review count, content quality, those matter too. At a, head, at a high level, I would say it is important to collect and harness both sets of data, tie them together as much as you can, 
and the progress can be incremental, but one brick at a time in that direction sure. is how we think about it. Yep, yep. And I think a key thing that you're hitting on is that, especially with Amazon advertising, like, yes, there are the advertising-specific strategies, but yep. there are so many other pieces that impact your advertising results. So, yep. like, for instance, I mean, just a quick example, I could have an exact campaign, and all of a sudden, if I get a bad review and my conversion rate drops in half, my yep. ACoS is going to double. And I didn't change anything with my advertising whatsoever. And yep. so I think that's a key piece that people sometimes miss when looking at advertising. They just focus on advertising versus all those retail-centric items that you also have to have to get those conversion rates to then get that solid advertising return. Um, so walk me through like from the retail side, I know you gave some examples, but like what's key pieces of information that you guys are pulling into your system and what are yeah. some of the sources where you're getting this information from? Good question. So from a advertising standpoint, I call it the quartet, right? So you've got sponsored ads down to the search term level. I think by the way, we view search terms as the ultimate source of truth as to where your money is going and what's what the efficiency is. So search term level sponsor ads data, super important. We bring that in. We bring DSP data in. Um, we certainly bring in Amazon attribution data. We, we have not brought in AMC, Amazon Marketing Cloud yet because we're just waiting for some scalable APIs to be available for that. Sure. But we, we so that's not there yet, but that's certainly in the plans. So we call that the advertising quartet. Right, those four pieces together. Sure. And then you know you've got the seller partner API, which, by the way, as you probably have already noticed, they are exposing so much more data than ever before. I'm just incredibly excited. Right. Yep, so yep. Right? <laughs> I think I mean, you we, and I talked previously. I remember because we right. always miss like session information. That was one right. big item that I was no. so pumped to see. Like they're including yep. business reports now with the selling partner API. Yes, and so. We are so, we're chomping at the bit, so we'll have that all integrated this month. But so that's the seller partner API, and there's just so much, it's a treasure trove of information. And the other thing I'll also add is, I do not know if you work with 1P clients, maybe you have some, but sure. 1P data has always been a pain. And for the sure. first time on March 23rd, there is 1P sales and you know, inventory data coming through the API, and that is just so exciting. Right. So we certainly bring in that data. And, and for people who aren't familiar to like, so selling partner API, there's yep. so that you have your advertising specific APIs, just like Srinath kind of broke down. And then you have all the other information that you typically see within seller central and now vendor central too. you're yep. getting more information. Um, so ahead. things like business reports, we were always missing some information there with their old API. We're now getting a lot more information, but getting like inventory information, more financial items where you can break down like fees and everything fees. that's all included there. So yeah. just kind of think of it as advertising, kind of anything in the ad console that comes from the advertising API. And then selling partner API is going to be most of those other things that you see within your seller central account. Correct. And then there is, there's also these other things like we certainly are getting more and more access to, for example, like you know, being in the beta to getting like hourly data, for example. And that's, we have not exposed that yet, but sure. the granularity of data is also going to keep increasing, which we are super excited about as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that that's on one side. On the other side, just share of voice and content quality is something we, we also collect. 
right? So, so again, like I said before, the advertising quartet, the operational data, especially from seller partner API, and some front-end data like share of voice and content quality. Sure. These are the pieces we're bringing together. And then the other important thing is that when you look at the, so you can invoke APIs and get this data and it's in certain raw format. And we certainly are taking one additional step to construct a data model that connects all these pieces together so that you can consume the data very easily. A simple example, right? At an ASIN level, can I get a full view of sales, advertising performance, bestseller rank, and so on and so forth in just one view without having to jump through hoops to stitch stuff together? Sure. So that underlying harmonized data model is also something we're building out and with the primary purpose of just, again, shortening that time to insight on that data. Uh, so that's also something we are doing. So transformations on the data we collect. Sure. That's awesome. So, yep. Yep. Totally. I love it. And th those are pieces that we're always trying to stitch together to like in our client dashboard, just those common questions you get. And yeah. after like, you know, we personally get a lot of these requests from our clients. And so if we get these requests repeatedly, it's like, okay, I, I bet a lot of clients are going to get <laughs> value out of this. So, so let, I, let's automate it and stitch it together automatically. I was going to say, you're probably running through this every day, right? Like, yep. you know, and by the way, just to make it very real, right? There's so many use cases. So trending sponsored ads and DSP and sales data in one chart together sure. to see overall impact. As simple as that sounds, it's not trivial. And, you know, and it just it takes some underlying data plumbing to make it work. Yep. Or, you know, just literally getting a view of ad spend by product and inventory levels, just to see where are you headed? And what do you want to do sure. <laughs> in terms of ad spend at an ASIN level? I mean, I, I can go on and on in terms of views you can construct yeah. and get get smarter with your optimizations. Walk me through like share of voice and content quality and kind of how, how do you measure that as you go? What do you look at? Yeah, so I mean, right now on the content quality side, what we're looking at is, you know, we have certain benchmarks, uh, for example, you know, A plus content, yes, no, a number of images, and there's a, there's a certain set of attributes, and we assign a score of content quality across the entire portfolio of ASINs for a given brand. Sure. And we track that on a regular basis. In fact, some of the larger clients who have lots and lots of catalog items also want to know when some content has changed because it looks like sometimes they change inadvertently and they don't want that. So, sure. so that all gets bundled on content quality. And why is that important? Why did we go do that? You know, I'm sure Amazon has talked to you and certainly us and many others, like you need to have 3.5 star rating and have at least four images. Like they have always consistently said that. And that keeps, that, that goalpost keeps changing. And without great content, advertising doesn't work. So that's sure. why that was foundational for us. Right? Sure. Okay, this is there and we'll keep telling you <laughs> products that, you know, have tiny titles and you're not leveraging the full length of it or, you know, don't have, have two images or one image. So it's just, it's not directly advertising optimization, but it's certainly a huge influencer. So sure. on the share of voice side is really understanding like where are you ranking organically today? You know, where does advertising versus organic, how did that play out at a keyword level? So that's the type of data we are we are collecting. Sure. And increasingly we want to we are integrating advertising and share of voice together more and more. In fact, like really seamlessly. Sure. For instance, on the ad platform we have a one of the things that's 
One of the things that we have uniquely invested in our ad platform is what we call a recommendation engine. So one of the things it does is as a use case is we look at that share of voice data and say, who are you really competing with in search results? And we are going to surface those as recommendations for you to go target. Sure, sure. Um, now you can also bring that data into your systems. That is our data product, right? Uh, and do what you want with it. But yeah, so that's content and share of voice, basically. So, so we get some questions. So sometimes when we're talking to different prospective clients, um, yeah. when we talk about our software and how we're able to tie all these items together, some pushback we get is, hey, I don't want automation or... Yeah. I've been able to, I want somebody to manually optimize my campaigns for me. Mm -hmm. We get that quite a bit. Oh, what's yeah. your what's your <laughs> response to that? Or how, how do you react to that? Yeah, no, this is, this is great. I mean, uh, I think, and Joe, you and I have been on many threads related to this on social media too, which is, I would add that when people say automation, there's another layer there, right? Which is, uh, is it machine learning in AI versus is it rules-based automation? There's also that sub-layer as well, sure. right? So first of all, I, I'm of the belief that whether you're an agency or a large brand with a sizable portfolio, it's almost humanly impossible to sit down and manually do things when you have like, I don't know, a 10,000 port keyword portfolio. What are you sure. going to do manually? You're going to miss so many opportunities. So I, I have always been of the view that there is a balance. I think automation is the only way to scale. And that's not true just in ads. It's with everything. Now, that doesn't mean you turn some button on and switch on and forget about it. It just does require a lot and a lot of monitoring. So I'm on that camp. And then also, we have been talking about all these multiple factors influencing advertising performance. The only way to account for those factors at scale is through automation. Sure. not by doing things manually. Now, there's always a place for manual intervention, but there is a balance. So that's one piece. And the second thing I want to say is I do think that AI and machine learning in the way things have played out, let me just say like it has gotten a little bit of a bad rap, mm -hmm. right? And in the process, I think what has happened is that the practice of machine learning and AI gets dinged versus the implementation that someone may have experienced. Sure. Right? <laughs> and they're not the same thing. And we would be kidding ourselves if you uh, just knock down the practice of AI, because guess what? We are surrounded by it, and it works. Amazon themselves uses it with us everywhere. Sure. I mean, if, I mean the simple text messaging we do, the auto-text suggestions are AI-driven, and they work. Sure. Right? So the only caution I would have for folks is the implementation and what they may have experienced may have been not so great, but the practice of AI has been around a while and gets only better and better. And so we do, in my opinion, have to have just a learning and orientation towards it and an experiment orientation towards it and slowly lean into it. And if you don't, I fundamentally believe you'll get left behind. Sure. Yeah. And personally, I agree too. And so, you know, for those listening, you're probably getting a little bit of a biased opinion just coming <laughs> from, from us too. So take it with a yes. grain of salt. But yes. I mean, with all the data that's becoming available right now, if you don't have the tools to be able to stitch that all together to get clear pictures and implement those into strategies that you can use in your advertising, somebody else will. And as we see Amazon advertising continues to get more and more competitive as we go, 
when I started as a seller in 2014, you know, I could just throw up an auto campaign with a 10 cent bid and it would just be awesome. You just can't do that anymore. And so with the way that we see it moving and the new features that we see and all the new ad types and now AMC where we can stitch together DSP and sponsored ads, there's just so much information available. And if you just turn that off and ignore it, your competitors are likely not going to. And like Serena said, I feel like you're going to be fundamentally left behind. It's the same thing that I see for agencies too that just haven't built up the tech and have relied more on the hands-on focus. Like It's becoming harder and harder to do that as you go because somebody else is going to be able to get a bit deeper. Again, yeah. biased opinion, <laughs> but yeah. that, that's just fundamentally where I said. And also, I, I think in the agency world, and frankly, in the advertising world too, you've got this other problem of a massive skill shortage. Sure. If you're an agency and you got 10 more clients, I just don't know how you're going to service them. Outside of investing in some scalable processes and infrastructure, you don't have a choice. I think there's an opportunity, massive opportunity, but the only way to tap into it is build the infrastructure that scales and, you know, and that means certain amount of tech investment, right? Sure. So that's, I think, a, a necessity the other thing I'll say is like, you know, and you, again, you know, you and I have talked about these CPCs are up. And you've said this in your charts, up 30 to 40 percent last year. I don't think shipping costs have gone down to where they need, where they were before, right? Sure. The last, so it's still like a $10,000 per container or something like that. So you've got a double whammy from both sides. And so you're going to eke out your wins, have to eke out your wins. And to your point, honeymoon is over. Sure. In my view, <laughs> PPC honeymoon is over. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so we're going to have to eke out our wins, and I think that's going to come out of some sophistication around automation, data, uh, and a few other things. Yeah. Yeah. So one other piece that I wanted your take on too. So you work in across the, the Amazon or the across the retail media space, not just Amazon. So what are what are some general trends you're seeing? Like if people are selling online, what, what are other areas that you feel like they should be focusing on that you've seen some good traction or results or traffic? Um, yeah. Where do you see that space going and where are you focusing on right now? Yeah, so I think, first of all, as you, I'm sure you've noticed, every retailer you can think of has an ad product on their platform. And there's a reason sure. for it, right? Which is these retailers have traditionally been low margin businesses and advertising is one solution where the dollars drop straight to the bottom line. It's sure. awesome, yep. <laughs> right? Um, so, and that's, at, in my view, that is the fundamental driver. And of course, to stay competitive with Amazon, they didn't have a choice. So... Where is it going to go? I mean, I think, you know, as, as you saw for the first time, Amazon, Target, and Walmart, they all disclosed like specific line items, right? Amazon was at 31 billion, Walmart sure. was at two, Target was at one. I mean, in that span, the rest of the retailers kind of look small, but they're not small, right? The two, two billion, a billion. Sure. And then you add like so many other retailers. There is this long tail that is continuing going to, going to grow. And I believe, especially for 1P brands, these other channels are continuing to become more and more important, right? So especially players like Walmart as they push more and more. And it's a diversification strategy for, you know, most brands. So I think the those ad dollars will continue to grow. I hope that the technical sophistication of these platforms continues to get better so that we sure. can all integrate and push ad spend through those platforms, which... 
I don't think they're all there yet, but hopefully they'll get there over the next year. Sure. And I would also add that like, when it comes to the non-Amazon retailers, their strength still happens to be offline, right? Like Walmart, what 95% of household buys from Walmart somewhere from a physical store, but their e-commerce sales are what 50 billion, right? So my sense is that as these retailers innovate, the format of retail media probably will get more in-store heavy. Like, I mean, you saw, you kind of see, I saw one example of, let's say, Walgreens. I mean, it's not the best example. Like, I, it wasn't fun to watch, certainly for me, but maybe there's other formats where you go to that, like, drinks or milk um, shelf. Oh, sure. It's, yeah. all, it's, it's all these electronic displays with ads I, I and things like that. I haven't seen that personally, but I saw articles on it for sure. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it actually launched... Uh, I moved from Chicago to San Diego, but when I was in Chicago, it launched in our neighborhood first, <laughs> right? So, so I, I was experiencing it firsthand. So I do believe that retail media formats, especially for these non-Amazon retailers, is probably going to be slightly different and who knows where they will end up. My guess is they'll experiment a lot. So the formats will be different and perhaps change would be my guess. Sure. You know? Um, but yeah, it's a lot of them. And I think that I, I sincerely hope the API infrastructure that they provide becomes faster, simpler for all of us to access. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you're saying too, I, I just see so many retailers now putting out their own DSPs yep. or yeah, different areas where you can advertise using their data just because they're seeing what Amazon is doing. And they're now seeing the numbers, especially now since Amazon is breaking apart the yep. advertising revenue. Yeah, and in terms of margins, I mean, Amazon advertising is a huge profit driver for the behemoth Amazon. And <laughs> so it just gives you that, everybody else looks at this and they see, okay, we have to figure out how to utilize our information for advertising too. And so yep. I see continued investment throughout all these different players. It's just gonna be hard on how you determine where to allocate your efforts and your spend between all yep. these different areas, especially since many are in different stages too in terms of development, just like you were saying. Yeah, and you know, I think some are built in house, like for example, Walmart, you know, was external, but they took it all in-house. You know, targets of the world, they use platforms like Credio, Citrus Ads, Promote IQ. So there's these third-party platforms. So it's a bit of a complex space, like to be honest with you at the moment. Sure. And for someone sitting where I sit, you know, it's always a continuous prioritization challenge. Yeah. But at the same time, the customers we serve want to have some level of presence and quite a few of these. Sure. So it's something we contend with on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Srinath, I, I really appreciate you joining the podcast. This was awesome. We could, I'm sure we could talk for hours about this <laughs> stuff, but for anybody who wants to learn more about you, learn more about IntentWise, where should they go? Yeah, it's just IntentWise.com and, you know, and then certainly find me on LinkedIn. Srinath, ready, just look me up. Yeah, that'd be just direct message me on LinkedIn. That Those are the, would be the two options. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, again, really appreciate you joining the podcast. It was great having you on. And for everybody who's listening to the Ed Project podcast, appreciate you listening to another episode. I'm really looking to see you again on the next episode. So thanks again for listening. Well, thank you for having me. This has been great. <laughs>